Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast, teaching business owners the not-so-secret techniques that took famous businesses from mom-and-pop to major brands. Stephen Semple is a marketing consultant, story collector, and storyteller. I'm Stephen's sidekick and business partner, Dave Young. Before we get into today's episode, a word from our sponsor, which is, well, it's us. But we're highlighting ads we've written and produced for our clients. So here's one of those. I'm Sebastian Zupanek from Armadura Metal Roof, and there's a little magic in every roof. I was, oh, about eight when I made the sign. My mom probably still has it somewhere, fashioned out of a shoebox lid and a painting stir stick. It was the first thing I ever built all by myself. Showed it to my dad. He smiled, pulled out his old ladder, climbed up and stuck that sign into the thick snow on top of the roof. There it sat, proudly stating for the whole neighborhood to see. Reindeer parking only. I thought I was so clever. Christmas morning, the sign had fallen down. Or maybe it got knocked down by something. I'll never know. But just to be safe, we certify every Armadura roof to be impervious to damage from jingle bells, gingerbread crumbs, and hastily parked sleighs. It's in our warranty because every Armadura metal roof is made from steel, hard work, and just a touch of magic. Happy holidays from our family to yours, and to all, a good night. Stephen, uh, I, I know we want to record another episode here, but I'm a little hungry, uh, <laughs> a little snackish. I know we're sitting here in different cities. I, I thought maybe I'd get some DoorDash coming in. Get some food delivery, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's been a big deal the last uh, year and a half in the whole pandemic thing. We're going to talk about DoorDash, and you're absolutely right. It has been a big deal, and it's kind of interesting when you think about these companies were formed before the pandemic and then the pandemic came along and just boosted them into a whole new stratosphere. And there's now a whole collection of them fighting out for dominance. But DoorDash is kind of interesting. And there's a few things that we can learn from DoorDash. So DoorDash was founded in Palo Alto in the fall of 2012 by Tony Hsu, Andy Fang, Stanley Tang, and Evan Moore. They were all students at Stanford University at the time. Now, today, nine years later, so they went from zero to in nine years, they're doing $3 billion in sales and have 3,800 employees. And they went public in December of 2020, and they raised $3.37 billion. Okay. Now, I know there's a lot of controversy around DoorDash because they're losing money and there's questions about whether this is really good for the restaurant business. But you know what? When somebody goes and in nine years makes a business that goes from zero to being a billion dollar business, I think they're worth paying attention to. And there's probably a lesson or two in there. There's some empire building going on there for sure. There's a little bit of empire building going on. And this is what this podcast is all about, right? Mm -hmm. So... Tony Hsu and the team were students at Stanford. While they were in Stanford, they built an app for small business and specifically restaurants. And one of the reasons why Tony Hsu was interested in restaurants is when he was growing up, his mom ran a restaurant and he did all sorts of work in restaurants. And, and that's how she got the money and helped him get through school. So he had this natural affinity to wanting to help out restaurants and specifically you know, small, small restaurants. So Tony built this app and what he started doing was going door to door, visiting potential customers. So he got out of the school, had this app, went and visited restaurants, and he showed them this app. 
And this app was not the DoorDash app. It was something different because what he discovered when he was showing people this app, restaurateurs were going, yeah, I'm not interested in that, but here's my problem. Yeah. Here's yeah. all these orders that I got in. Here's all these orders that I got in for delivery and I can't fill them because I don't have any delivery. So he all of a sudden went, holy smoke, the problem these businesses have is food delivery. So what I'm going to do is help them get these lost sales. I'm going to create something for food delivery. And he would also realize that it would be much easier to sell an app if the solution was tied to sales, right? So anytime we tie a solution to sales, it's much easier to get people to buy it. You know, harken back to episode 10, when we talked about JD Power, similar idea that JD Power learned. So he gathers his team and he says, hey, let's figure out how to do a food delivery app. But here's where I really admire Tony Hsu. Tony said, okay, we need to understand the problem, but we need to understand the problem also from the food delivery problem. So what did he do? He graduates from university. He's got a degree from Stanford. He's a smart guy and he gets a job doing food delivery for Domino's. Because mm. what he wanted to do was learn the problem. And what he realized is that proper scale is really hard to achieve because he looked at, do you buy your own fleet? That's a slow growth model. Looked at it, all sorts of other things. But then he did the thing that we say to do in this podcast, right? Look around to other industries. That have already solved a similar problem. Right. And guess who had solved a similar problem? Uber for taxi delivery. Mm -hmm. So here's the irony. Uber Eats came after DoorDash. DoorDash got the idea from looking at Uber, <laughs> which is crazy, right? So they built this website called Palo Alto Food Delivery. That was the first website that they built. And it basically had eight PDFs of menus and they got Google voice set up for the phone. And in January 12th, 2013, they get their first orders. So what ends up happening is these Stanford grads become full-time food drivers. <laughs> Quit the job at Domino's to go become a food driver for themselves, but right? But they're learning. But they're learning. And they go door to door and they sign up 50 customers for free. Because again, they need customers. They need to test this idea out. And again, does that sound familiar? Sweat, determination, hand-holding the driver forward. Kind of sounds like episode nine of Spanx, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is reoccurring themes. The restaurants are hesitant, but they decide to give it a go. And eventually word gets around and orders start flooding in. And at this point, they decide, you know what? We need a new name. And that's when DoorDash.com is born. It all of a sudden just took on this momentum of its own and grew and grew and grew. And they did more and more cities. And next thing you know, they're $3 billion business. Next thing you know, that's it. Just next thing you know. Bada boom. What do you think is the most important part of what they did to get to the point that they were DoorDash? They did two very critical things. And the first one is they got out of the school, out of their development mode, and they went out and they visited customers face-to-face. -face. And when the customers rejected their first idea and said, my problem's over here, they went, hold on a second, you've got a problem over mm -hmm. here? Well, we can solve that problem. They really got out and did legwork and footwork to know the customer and truly understand the customer's problem, in this case, the restaurant business. Right. The next thing that they did to know the problem was... Stay tuned. We're going to wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this. 
Brought to you by the Least Full of Shit Marketers Association of America. Yes, that's a low bar, but we clear it mightily. We're also the largest pay-per-performance branding group in North America, and that part's for reals. If you're looking for advertising advice geared towards local owner-operated companies, this is your podcast. And now you can pick the brains of these advertising geniuses over lunch without having to pay for lunch or even leave your office. We're talking 90 minutes of straight answers to all your burning questions about lead generation, customer acquisition, mass media branding, how to get off the paper crack treadmill, anything you want. And the only coin required is candor because we can't give no bullshit advice without basing it off no BS data on your company, competitive landscape, operations, and all that jazz. We send you a pre-Zoom questionnaire. You fill it out candidly and boom, Bob's your uncle, you're in like Flynn, and we'll be frank as fuck in giving you the straight scoop on all the advertising and business growth questions you always wanted to know, but were too afraid to ask. You'll also get our no pitching and no bitching guarantee. No pitching means we won't pitch you or try to sell you in any way. If you want more after 90 minutes, you'll have to ask. And no bitching means if you don't think the meeting was worth your 90 minutes, we'll send you a hundred bucks. Consider it us picking up the tab for lunch and putting our money where our mouth is. Sound like a not-so-full-of-shit offer? Well, that is what we're known for. Take us up on it at empirebuildersprogram.com. Let's pick up our story where we left off, and trust me, you haven't right. missed The next a thing. thing that they did to know the problem was went and worked as food delivery people. Like, these guys had degrees from Stanford. They could do a lot better than working for Domino's, Schlock, and Pizzas. Mm-hmm. And even when the business first launched, they continued to do that part of the business because they were like, we got to understand this problem and to understand it is to live it. Yeah. In the startup world, they would call all of this market validation, right? And you just, you don't get anywhere without doing that because your assumptions, if you're not in the restaurant business, you don't know what you don't know. And he made the assumption at first that he had something that they needed and was probably just something that was going to cost them more. And yet DoorDash kind of has, it's one of those businesses that has two customers, right? There's restaurants and there's people that want to eat. Well, there's really three. You got restaurants, people want to eat and the delivery people. Well, yeah, good point. Uh, It it sort of reminds me of, you know, the the radio industry or television, right? You've got uh, an audience of advertisers that you're trying to sell to, and you've got an audience of consumers and listeners and viewers that you need to always be providing good quality content and entertainment too. And think about this, Tony. Yeah. And Tony was not naive to the restaurant business. He grew up in the business. His mom ran a place. And so in many ways, he wasn't naive to it. He understood the business. He could sit there and say, I know this, but he still went out and did the legwork and went, no, this is the problem over here. And then did further legwork to understand the problem. And I think if the more startups did that, even if more businesses did that, understand the customer's problem better from the customer's perspective, I think there'd be a lot more success. I'm amazed at the number of startups that I meet with. I start asking them questions about the customer and I get crickets. Mm -hmm. Like, man, until you understand that, you ain't got no business. Yeah. They're answering a question nobody's asking. Right. So go out and find the question that no one has answered. Yeah. Well, this has been fascinating. I got to run. The the doorbell just rang. (laughs) Pizza. 
<laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us, subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review at Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to schedule your own 90-minute empire-building session, you can do it at empirebuildingprogram.com. Empire